This is Tech Unmuted, the podcast of modern collaboration, where we tell the stories of how collaboration tools enable businesses to be more efficient and connected with your hosts, George Shanestein and Santi Cuellar. Welcome to Tech Unmuted. Well, today I am joined by a dear colleague, Ms. Jen Correa. She is a fellow colleague here at uh, Fusion Connect. She's actually the VP of Field Marketing. Um, and Jen's got over 20 years, wow, <laughs> of executive marketing <laughs> experience and uh, and based out of Philly. So welcome, Jen. Welcome to am, Tech Unmuted. Thank great. you, Santi. Happy to be here. Really glad about the discussion we're going to have today. Yeah, it should be good. Listen, I'm hearing a lot of rumors about something about the Kelly green shirt coming back. What's all that about? It's not a rumor. It's not a rumor. It's out announced. So basically it's a throwback to the shirts of the 90s. And as you know, here in Philly, we bleed green. Yeah. We love our Eagles or we hate them, right? But the shirts <laughs> are a sellout. Yeah, definitely going to be on the holiday wish list this year. So we're really excited about it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like a retro. I saw it. So it's like a real retro uh, real shirt. Bright. Going, yeah, real bright. Nice. And now I believe it's a helmet to match, which was the sticky point for the last 10 years as they oh. went through the negotiations to get that shirt. Very nice. So, Very nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, um, I, I have a thing where if I state something in a live <laughs> podcast, it is mm -hmm. forever etched in the interwebs. Okay. And I'm going to call you out. You promised me if I ever come to Philly, oh, you're boy. going to make me a genuine Philly cheesesteak sandwich. I hear I you did. make the best. I did promise to make make <laughs> it for you, didn't I? I? I mean, there are plenty of places we can go, but the best oh, one no. is homemade the, in my own kitchen. The best kitchen, one is so, yours. And I have yeah. lots of fans, so this I'm happy awesome. to make it for you, Santi, well, whenever you come you. by. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Yep. So, Jen, listen, um, I really wanted to start this podcast today talking about what I thought was odd. This is just my perception. Yeah. Maybe you share the same perception. But um, did you see the announcement that was made <laughs> about Zoom? And when I say Zoom, oh, yeah. I'm talking about, you know, the video conferencing platform that a lot of people, uh, you know, you hear people say, get on a Zoom call, right? Right. Um, so they made an announcement about requiring their employees mm -hmm. to come mm -hmm. back to a physical location. And I, I'm, I'm again, I'm just, this is my own personal, I was kind of blown away because yeah. to me, it seemed odd. This is, this is that one company that during right. the pandemic pushed for this remote work and all of a sudden now they make this announcement and I don't know what your take was, but it just struck me so odd. Oh, Santi, I keep calling it the head scratcher, right? Just could not understand it when I heard about it and have been right. digging into as much as I can read on it as to the whys and then just debating it with colleagues because it doesn't always make sense. Now, it's a big conversation about hybrid work and yeah. we see other companies doing this as well, but for Zoom to do it, it felt off. It felt off. And man, yeah. what a great way of kicking us off is why. Like I, yeah. I've been asking myself that question as well. Like, you know, listen, I'm sure there's a reason and and yeah. maybe maybe it wasn't clear as mm -hmm. to the why. Uh, but but I, I would love to peel back what what yeah, you think is some of the whys. Right. Um, one of the ones that I thought about immediately was maybe it was just financially driven. Maybe they own commercial yeah. real estate that they need to 
get an ROI on. I don't know, but that was one that jumped up for yeah. me. Well, we're not picking on Zoom today for sure. No, and I do know, not. however, they've been having some financial issues, right? However, I think you're right on with the real estate. We know that since I think January of this year, most offices are at around a 50% occupancy. So there's yeah. a lot of space that's not being used. And that probably puts exec- executive pressure, right, on the folks in operations who know that they're not at capacity and do they need to fill it back up with employees again? Could it yeah. be as simple as decision as that? But I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you think it might be then? I think the executives themselves might be feeling some pressure because it's, it seems to be, I hate to use the word trend, but we see other companies doing it as well. And so maybe they feel that as an executive in a peer group, they're not making the same decisions that their own, you know, their peers are doing and they need to get back in there and get the employees back. But there's always something underneath it, right? And I think it comes down to statistics and measurements and that employee engagement. Are they really looking at the why they feel they need to bring the employees out? And are they looking at the right data? Hmm. Wow, that's a good point. You know, if you think about when the pandemic first started, Mm -hmm. everybody was about being remote and everybody talked about how great remote was and how we're just going to stay this way from now on like is this going to be a permanent change that was the whole conversation then it went when things started to settle down it went from that to hey maybe it's a mix of to two maybe it's a hybrid and oh yes and we support this and maybe you and it's flexible and you're here and you're there and it's okay but now to your point i'm hearing other companies requiring right that's a strong word requiring and it's so odd to me because and it's not just zoom you're right there's other tech companies in this mix that by the way have the capability of remaining uh in a hybrid mode or in a flexible work style but they're requiring and it i don't get it i'm could it be like is is there a lack of trust is there like something going on I right. think you've had it. Yeah, I think it's a lack of trust, and there are probably a lot of reasons for that, right? Are they offering the right technology to their employees so they can get the job done? Mm. Are they able to measure what that employee's output is, or are those employees themselves able to be accountable and demonstrate their results to their employers? There are a lot of things there in the mix, Santi, but I want to get back to your to your point about the requirement. It's like it's a mandate. You I have know. to come back now. And have they even engaged those employees on what that strategy should look like? I think that's probably the differentiator of the enterprises that are doing it well versus those that aren't doing it well. Yeah. Um, and in Zoom's case, it feels like there's a lot of backlash from the employees on it. Yeah. 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 I don't know what to make of it. Um, I, I, I get the, the I get the part of maybe there's outlined and and quantifiable lack of results. I can see that, right? Maybe that's a, that could trigger, hey, maybe we need to go back to doing things the way that, the way we used to because we're not hitting certain numbers. But to me, I actually think it's, if you're, if you're lacking results, in my mind, it may not be that your, your team is remote. It may be that you got the wrong team. Yeah. Um, or, or wrong strategies, wrong, wrong strategy. execution paths, exactly. You know, uh, what was that? There was a recent podcast we did, and and mm. one of the things that came up, which it, we touched on a similar topic, but mm-hmm. it was it was it was, hey, you have to make sure that these folks are self starters. That was the term that we used. Yeah, and and I I do believe that if you did not have somebody who was a self-starter before the pandemic hit, 
and then you force them to have to go remote, they probably did fine that first year because they had no choice. But self-starters, the lack of those are not self-starters, right? The lack of that is going to catch up to them. And I think maybe 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 it was the wrong hiring profile for remote work to begin with. And now we're just seeing the drop off of performance. That's that's in my mind. I can see that happening. Yeah, I I guess that's one, you know, proposition that could be there. I think also for every step I read that remote workers are not as productive. The next article says they're just as or more productive. So it's like we don't have consistency on what those metrics are. Um, I certainly have worked with organizations where we can prove high productivity, but where you are talking about that actual employee, all people are different. Some people struggle in a in a in a busy work environment. Yeah. And some people prefer the remote work environment. So you have to, I think, work to your employee's skills, hire for what you need, and coach to how that employee needs to behave as well. well That's all in the mix. And it feels like some of those yeah. decisions are rapid rather than yeah. peeling it back and saying, how are we going to behave yeah. now as a company? Let's do I that. also want to bring up the point that um, with these mandates, it kind of feels that it's anti-employee in a sense, because many of these employees made lifestyle decisions during oh, the pandemic. They sure. moved, um, they sold homes, you know, they rearranged their personal lives in order to fit and accommodate what we were experiencing during the pandemic with a mantra above them of this is how it'll be. You can go work at home and do what you need to do. And now pulling them back, um, there's a harsh reality for many of them. That's, you know, I, I never saw it from that perspective but man yeah. does that make sense yeah um so i want to do that i want to peel that back right i mean you've you've led marketing teams and yeah you i know this for a fact because we've had this conversation you yeah. have been an executive in a hybrid slash remote role for yeah. a long time even for before very this pandemic time. so yeah. so maybe what we do is we take a time out and talk about the things that you did one to support your teams, but also what are some of the things you did as maybe as a, as as an executive to to measure and make thing make sure that things were going on uh, the way it should be going on, right? And, and and the workflow was being completed in this style. Maybe that's maybe that's a good place to go. Yeah. Well, I'll even start with just the hiring plan, right? Yeah. Working remotely in a hybrid environment gives a manager the option to hire where the talent is. And that's something I've been able to do over and over again. Geography has no impact. So if the hire I need is in Austin or Chicago or Seattle or somewhere in between in a small town in Pennsylvania, but they're the right candidate, I can hire them and they can come in. Um, You know, and beyond that, being a manager, facilitating development is a process. It's not once and done. It's not here you're working remote and have at it, right? We need to train. We need to provide the right tools so they can connect and collaborate with their peers, with their partners, counterparts throughout their whole ecosystem. And then we also have to maintain that connectivity with them. The same rules apply when you're in an office as a manager, apply to not being in an office and managing an employee remotely. You need to have that connectivity, whether it's the one-on-one meeting every week, uh, whether it's the team huddle up on the alternate week, Uh, Even the tools that we use here, the Microsoft Planner and Loop, where we not just demonstrate our work, we show the accountability for it. We have our timelines, our processes, our due dates. It's very transparent. And so you and I work together closely every single day, 
but I never feel disconnected from you. Right. That's mm-hmm. cr- I number one, I appreciate you making that comment. But two, oh my gosh, that is so true. Like um I tell people, I've been working in a remote slash flexible type uh yeah. style. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going on 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so well, yeah, well beyond be, before the the pandemic. Yeah. And and I can tell you that I've never felt more productive, right? Um, and those ten then then when I did in the, when I worked in the office, we know this water cooler talks, people come oh, to your desk. Water cooler. Yep. Oh my gosh, the coffee yeah. maker, the, the break rooms and the water coolers. Those are the two biggest yep. distractions. Like when you go to the break room, you have to kind of do this and kind of walk in there, get your coffee and walk out because somebody's going to grab you and say, hey, by the way, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, you have an entire meeting <laughs> yep. in the break room. Truly. Um, or just a, just a simple distraction of walking over to your desk and now you have to stop and drop everything you're doing because there's, yeah. you know, there's a lot of interruptions, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in, in, in the, the traditional workspace. I'm not saying that there aren't interruptions in a remote scenario, but they're not right. the same. For example, um, you know, just before we got on uh, for this recording, mm-hmm. I, I had a request from somebody who wanted to talk to me right away. And I was saying, well, I, I can't right now. Right. But that was that was the extent of it. Like I right. basically at that point, you're just, hey, why don't you find a spot in the calendar and let's catch up? But that was that was the extent of the distraction. It's a lot. It's more difficult to steer that conversation out when they're in your face or in the break room where they catch you off guard. And I, yeah. I, I just feel more productive and a lot less distracted when I am in a flexible work style. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been my experience. So I can relate to everything you said. And I absolutely never feel disconnected from you or anybody else I work with yeah. at all. I but one that thing way. that differentiates you is you, is a, you have a high level of engagement. And I've been reading about employee engagement. And I've probably you have as well taken part in employee engagement studies for years and years. Yeah. So an interesting poll came out of, I believe, Gallup that said 31% of remote workers feel disengaged. And so, wow. of course, put whoever is promoting this article is a third, you know, are disengaged. But the flip side is. It was almost the same stat for employees in the office. Oh, really? So building employee engagement is critical in a remote work environment and all environments, right? Yeah. And again, getting back to that, providing technology, having the right coaching, having tools that track and measure. And I'm not talking like keystroke tools or anything that kind of demines us or as humans that, you know, we actually are yeah. working. Um, Something else I want to bring up is um, it's part of that engagement is a study I read, or at least it was in an article, and it kind of characterized many of these executives who are saying, got to come back to the workplace, are feeling regret. It's like we talked about, we had the big resignation and the big hire, and then it's kind of like the big regret because they haven't engaged their employees on what that should look like. And I think that's probably the biggest thing I'm hearing as I read Mm. and research on this topic is that the mandate that just says you have to come back Tuesday and Thursday is not going to work. Hybrid work now means there's also flexible models for what in-office looks like. Right. Right. Maybe maybe it is based on real estate and other operational considerations, but bringing the employees into what that decision looks like is probably a good thing. I know that Ernst & Young, for example, is providing some financial incentives to folks who really? are working at home and now they have additional costs for 
pet sitting and child care. And these really? are not little things. These are no, how people not. live and they've given up the cost. And in this economy, every penny counts. And so the employees are more involved in deciding what that approach looks like or even being within the window of saying, OK, yeah, it is Tuesday and Thursday, but maybe these are the hours that I now come in and exit because I've shifted all these other things in my work and my life balance. Um, so we're not going back to how it was. Right. In 2019, it's a new right. model. And I think that's probably the cusp, you know, probably the backbone of all this conversation is that it's the new model for being in the office. What does hybrid work really look like and making those adjustments, not mandating it because it is not a one size fits all. Yeah. You know, the other thing I think about a little bit is the new generation. Right. And when I mean yeah. new generation, mm-hmm. I'm talking about uh, the mill- millennials are now are now old enough to have managerial director, even VP level yeah. uh, titles and positions, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so so the generation right after them, the ones who are they're going to be managing, they would probably prefer a hybrid model, right? Yeah, yeah. They were, and, and they expect, to your point, to have the tools and to walk into a company. They really do. That is prepare to support i i believe right this flexible work style type of model and i think that unless executives start looking at the new generation that's coming into the workforce and what their expectations are i think we're going to miss a lot of talent that's that's, oh you hit it spot on this is a generation that went through their academic years Mm -hmm. with virtual learning now i'm not saying that was great for all of them but yeah. they learned, as did the teaching environment, learn what made a successful yeah. uh, education program for them in terms of the technologies they needed and how they approached academics. And they're bringing that into the workforce. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, many of them have never worked in an office environment. There weren't even the part-time jobs for them during some of these recent years in the environment. So, yeah, it's going to be a learning process for all of us as we get through uh, what hybrid work really looks like or if we want to call it flexible work. In some cases, um, yeah. but I think the model of just saying "come on back to work" as it was really shouldn't be happening right now. I'm pretty opposed yeah. to it, and that it's more I, I a win-win about engagement with the employees and the and the company and what makes sense for everybody. I feel the same way. So if I had to kind of wrap up and summarize everything you just said, because I love this conversation, you bring yeah. so much so much insight into this, right? Because you've been doing it for so long. If I had to sum it up, and and maybe keep me honest here, I, I, I see three takeaways. Mm-hmm. One, companies should really be considering the support and the tools and the technologies that they have in place in order to yeah. support this remote hybrid or like I say, flexible work style, okay? Yeah. I believe that alongside those support and tools and technologies, they need to have real planning that takes place Yes. And clear, clear uh, expectations. Right. And then I think to remain connected and avoid anybody being disconnected, you there's no reason why you wouldn't continue those one-on-ones with your employees and your meetings Absolutely anyway. Absolutely not. Right. right. So if I had to kind of summarize everything, those are the three takeaways I kind of heard from, I agree. Our, from our dialogue. I agree. I agree. It's the technologies, the right metrics. And that whole development connectivity that you do with your conversations with your employees, having yeah. all those conversations on the weekly, 
and it keeps that engagement high. So it's the summary. It's all about the engagement by using these different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, every time we hit a topic that I get real passionate about, yeah. I feel like I could go on forever. <laughs> yeah, we could. There's a lot to there's a lot to piece apart here and talk about. This has been great. But, you know, we have a producer, bless her heart, <laughs> that keeps us in check. Mm-hmm. And and because and, I love this stuff, I could. But we do have to bring this this podcast to an okay. end. And I want to say this, Jen. Man, do I love talking to you. Um, oh, great. Uh, I, I love, I love talking to you too. I love you. your insight. I love the banter mm-hmm. we have. Um, I always learn something new whenever you and I just fantastic just just have this 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 encounters right. So, um, and now we were able to do it on a podcast, so everybody gets to see what our encounters look like, and I that's love that. That's great. Yeah. Um, so listen, thanks for joining uh, Tech on Mute. I uh, thank you for the input and the insight. I'm in agreement with everything you said, folks. Do not forget to take this time to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, that way you don't miss the next episode because you never know who we're going to have on. And so you got to make sure that you're following. Okay. But until next time, remember this folks, stay connected. Visit fusionconnect.com slash tech unmuted for show notes and more episodes. Thanks for listening. Thank you.